Hello and welcome back to Diaries of a Lady Gardener. If you think gardening is cool and would rather take a trip to the garden centre than go out out, you found the right podcast, but also you're not in the minority. Research from Draper Tools has revealed that over 80% of young people officially think gardening is cool, mainly because of its benefits for mental health and the environment. Draper Tools are proudly sponsoring the Diaries of a Lady Gardener podcast, so why not join me in following them on Instagram, at Draper underscore tools. In this episode, I chatted with Alec White, owner and nurseryman of Primrose Hall, who have the UK's largest selection of peonies for sale in the UK, including many of which which are extremely rare and collectible. Think of this as everything you need to know about peonies in less than an hour, and be prepared to leave this podcast and head off on the most glorious flower shopping spree of your life. Hi Alec, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Excellent. Um, I've been looking forward to this recording for quite a long time now because peonies have become an obsession of mine pretty much just this year. I feel like I don't know, I don't know how I've missed them previously, but this year is the first year I've really been into growing flowers and I could easily dedicate the entire plot to just peonies, having seen them at the flower shows um, this year. So I'm here with a little notebook and pen taking notes because <laughs> this is much it's more really, to my benefit than anyone else. <laughs> it's really it's really difficult with peonies not to get sucked in. Um, I started off with two or three and then before you know it, we've got about 400 cultivars. So um, there's always a risk that you become an addict. But what a beautiful thing to be addicted to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are worse things, I guess. Absolutely. Um, so for those of... For, for the people listening who don't know who you are, can you tell us a little bit about you and sort of where your growing journey began? Take us back to the start. Uh, back to the start. Oh, OK. Well, uh, I've been interested in gardening my whole life. Uh, my grandparents that got me into gardening. I had a job at a, a garden centre after school uh, where we did some growing. And that was very interesting. I enjoyed that. Um, and then I did my A-levels and what have you at the time decided to be a lawyer so we did that for a few years and then decided to come back to my passion my love for horticulture so we bought the nursery about 15 years ago now and um we started growing all sorts of different things and um i can remember one day looking across the perennial beds and there were two plants standing out literally head and shoulders above all of the other plants and um the flowers were just captivating just huge. I mean, you know, you've seen the peonies, a big double peony. One was a white one, one was a red one. And it just made all the other flowers look a bit puny and naff, really, <laughs> um, by comparison. And uh, they were peonies. And from that moment on, really, you know, I've had a love affair with them. And, you know, now, some years down the line, we've got about 400 cultivars in commercial production. We're producing about 60,000 plants a year on eight acres here in Bedfordshire wow. and it's it's one of only two crops we grow peonies and alstroemeria uh, the other crop um and really yeah that's that's everything we've got a national collection of intersectional peonies and they're quite interesting peonies they're a cross between a tree peony and a herbaceous peony um they're really exciting they're the next cool thing um <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk more about them later um and uh, yeah we've been to Chelsea a few times now got a gold medal as well there 
that's that's our journey really that's us everything peonies <laughs> and um chelsea flower show and hampton court Pal- palace flower show actually is how i discovered you guys um oh, right. because your stands were like like you say the flowers are just captivating they're huge and like they smell amazing they look amazing they're a real like showstopper flower i think so i think they're a real iconic flower and you know they they fell out of favor i think for a good few decades but in the last few years they've definitely come back in they're definitely in vogue um they're really popular with uh, bridal bouquets and what have you and um yeah it's great to see them being more popular with a younger audience really because they're so easy to grow they're great for beginners got to get that in there they're great for beginners that's fantastic news um but i wanted to ask you about chelsea so you've been there for quite a few years how many years have you been there now Oh, not that many in the scheme of things. Um, there are some exhibitors that have been there for like 60 years. Um, I think we're in our fifth year or something like that. I think that's still very impressive. Um, but this year, your um, stand was just amazing because it kind of showed that there was so much more to peonies than just the stunning flowers. And I loved the, were they set in resin? The flowers, yes. obviously it was September, so it was completely out of peony season. I imagine that was quite a challenge. It, it really was. And um we, we were very excited to be uh, at Chelsea in 2020. And of course that got cancelled and rescheduled for spring 2021. And we thought we can live with spring 2021. Peonies and flower in May, this is going to work really well for us. Um, we had a sponsor as well, Theo Fennell, the British jeweller. And he had made this beautiful peony ring. So we had these wonderful plans to have this massive exhibit. And it's going to look fantastic. And then they delayed it again until September, which put us in a bit of a difficult spot because peonies don't flower in September. And uh, it was all I could do to get three or four bunches held over until September for, for, for the show. We had to keep them in cold storage and what have you. So it, it was really very difficult. So we made the decision to do a different type of exhibit really, and to focus on what it takes to breed a new plant. All of the things you need, love, passion, a bit of inspiration, technical ability and skill, um, and look at how that relationship kind of is very similar to making a new piece of jewellery or any kind of crafts, really. If you're going to pursue anything, I think, in life, you've got to have a love for it, a bit of passion, dedication, inspiration. Um, you've got to have some skill and some creativity, and you've got to be able to Get the reward at the end you know and that and for us that's that's often a new plant um but really the reward for most of us working in, in the nursery is just being outside and being amongst the peonies um because at every time of year there's something exciting about them you know uh, one of the most exciting times of the year is, is february late february early march when they're just shooting little shoots coming out of the ground which i find so exciting um because you spend so much of the year with peonies um really waiting for them to flower they don't have a massively long flowering period so there's there's always that expectation and i think that really adds to um the sheer delight when they do flower um so we had to do something very different we took a whole load of flowers in the summer uh, had them set in resin uh, and we told the story how we get from you know the idea of a new peony to breeding new peony and um, it was certainly very different 
very different but worked so well I think it was one of those stands where you don't just walk past and you look and you go oh that's really pretty that's that's really nice I take a quick picture you really had to kind of stop and consume what was going on in front of you which I think is is really important especially like in this time like age when everyone's just kind of like wandering around like absorbing things at a very quick like few seconds of oh that's great oh that's great oh that's great but this was like a real made you stop and think I think there's there's definitely an interest in peonies and I think for true gardeners they have questions and they want to learn more and I think that's one of the reasons that Britain has always had a strong gardening culture and heritage and around the world we're seen as as a nation of gardeners because people are naturally curious and interested and um it was it was really great for us really to have an exhibit where people could take different bits away from it you could look at one section and then move on or read the whole lot it, it, it was different bits there for everyone and I, i'm glad it got the positive response it did not that the judges felt that way but that's another story entirely <laughs> Um, one for another day, I think. Um, the other, <laughs> Chelsea, I've, this is my first year at Chelsea, but I believe it was your 2019 display with the bathtub. And I I think I remember seeing it in the press back in the day. But I, as I before this podcast, I was sort of like doing a bit of research and I saw it and, God, if I have seen that, I think I just would have been in absolute heaven. It, is, it was amazing. What a genius concept. <laughs> Well, you know, there's a lot of um, exhibits at the flower shows, which are very old fashioned, very traditional, you know, sort of bowls of plants. And that, that works very well for some people. But peonies for me are so much more interesting. There's so much more going on. We like to have fun. We like to explore different concepts. We want to reach out to a wider audience. And we need to say to people that they're fun. They're, they're interesting. You can do more with, with the plants than just stick them in the garden and, you know, hope that they grow. Um, and so we had this idea that we wanted to celebrate the decadence of the peony, the luxury of the peony. And we thought, what could be more luxurious? Bearing in mind, we plan these exhibits in the autumn every year when we're really, really tired because we're potting 60,000 plants. And we thought the most luxurious thing to us right now would be a bath. <laughs> so we created this exhibit with the bath, with a wave of peonies coming down from the wall behind and... Uh, it was a walkthrough exhibit and uh, we had dry ice and uh, lots and lots of intersectional peonies that actually hadn't been shown in the UK before. So it was really colourful, really bright, quite unusual. And um, yeah, got us a gold, our first gold, which was great. Definitely got people talking as well. Yeah, it got a lot of attention, particularly internationally as well. So that's yeah, always good to, if you enjoy what you're doing and uh, you're having fun, I think other people kind of respond to that, don't they? Definitely. Um, and you've mentioned these a couple of times now, but I know that there are different types of peonies. And I think it's one of the things where people don't necessarily know what the different types are. I know that I definitely don't, but I've heard a lot about tree peonies this year. But can you tell us a bit about the difference between the different types of peonies? OK, well, there are essentially three types of peony. You've got uh, firstly, you've got herbaceous peonies. And these are the most common peonies. So if you've heard of Sarah Bernhardt, the big, double, fluffy pink one, beautifully scented, little red flare sometimes, um, or edge on, on the petal. And um, that's a herbaceous peony. Uh, they will flower um, in the spring, summer. They'll die down completely in the winter, and it will look like they're dead. All of the foliage will be completely brown, completely die off, um, but they will come back the following year. And in fact, they'll come back every year 
for 60 or 70 years, and some of them will last 100 years or more. So if you're looking for value for money in the garden, peonies will certainly give you that. So your herbaceous peonies are, are the main sort of grouping. You've then got tree peonies or woody peonies, and they're not really trees, let's be fair. They're more kind of shrubby peonies, shall we say. Um, left alone, some of them will get to eight or 10 feet tall. Um, that's not uncommon. They do respond really well to a hard prune, and we prune all of our tree peonies in the nursery down to about a foot, 12 inches, 30 centimeters every year. Um, partly because we can't ship them otherwise, but, but also um, it gives you a nice shape, a nice strong plant, and you get lots of flower. And you can tell a woody peony or a tree peony from a herbaceous one, because in the winter, where the herbaceous one has dropped, uh, dropped all of its foliage and leaves and died completely back, your woody or tree peony will still have a wooden stem. You'll see the, the framework, the stem there. Will have lost its leaves, but they'll still have that frame. Mm -hmm. um, and they tend to flower a little bit earlier than the herbaceous ones in the main tree peony, so end of April. Um, but pretty fantastic, it has to be said. And then you've got your third group, and these are relatively new. Um, they've only been around since, um, well, commercially since the mid-1970s, which may seem like a long time <coughs> to uh, a younger audience, perhaps. But in peony terms, that's quite recent. Um, bearing in mind, most of the varieties that you see these days were bred in the 1800s or early 1900s. Um, and intersectional peonies are interesting because they are a cross between a tree peony and a herbaceous peony. And the story is quite interesting, actually. I think there'd been a lot of um, effort over the years to try and crossbreed these two different types of peony. But a chap called Mr. Ito in Japan managed to do it back in the 1950s. He's very lucky and he got a whole load of seedlings. And that's not an easy job, by the way, with a peony because most peonies are infertile. Where you do get fertile seed, they need a double vernalization. So they need to kind of go through two winters before they even germinate. So they take a long time to germinate the seedlings. And when they're very small, just a 10 centimeters tall or what have you, they're very, very vulnerable to slugs and snails and rabbits and deer and just the weather and everything else. They're very young seedlings. So just to get the seedling is pretty hard in the first place, it has to be said. But this Mr. Ito, he got, he got quite a few of them. Um, but it takes a long time for a peony to flower. And they don't generally flower reliably until they're kind of five years old. And unfortunately, he died before any of them flowered. So he never no. got to see, he never got to see whether his experiment had worked. I mean, he knew he'd got the seedlings, but he never got to see the flowers, which was really sad. And his wife um, then passed the collection over to a chap in America. And in 1974, the first four intersectional peonies were registered. And it was a bit like buying a Ford motor car back in the day. You could have any color you wanted as long as it was yellow. <laughs> so all four <laughs> new varieties were different yellows. Um, it takes a little while for a, for a peony to, to flower, as I say. And sometimes until they're five years old, the flower shape and the flower color is still developing. So it's not fixed, it can change. Um, so it took a little while. But for the last 40, uh, years or so, intersectional peonies have been on the scene. They've been taken up with great gusto by the Americans, and there's lots of new varieties. They can be a bit more expensive 
Um, if you have a look on our website, you'll see some of them as much as five or six hundred pounds. Um, and that's really just because of their rarity. In fact, they're probably the easiest peonies to grow. They really? And I'll tell you why. Um, they get the best characteristics from both tree peonies and herbaceous peonies. So they only grow to about two foot six, three foot tall. So they're quite compact, which is great because they don't get too big in the garden. They die down completely in the winter like a herbaceous peony and come back every year. But because they've got the tree peony parentage, they've got quite strong stems. And that means they don't tend to fall over. So if you're familiar with growing peonies, you'll know that sometimes the big flower heads can be very heavy and they flop over and you've got to put a plant support on and all of this kind of jazz. With an intersectional peony, that's not a problem. They hold their own weight normally. Oh. Um, beautifully fragrant often. Masses and masses of flower, 40 or 50 flowers on each plant sometimes. Wow. Um, they have amazing autumn foliage. And in fact, even in the nursery today in November, we've got loads of intersectional peonies. The colour on the foliage is just incredible. Oranges, reds, golds, russets, browns, greens. It's just a riot of colour just with the foliage. Um, so there are loads of reasons to love intersectional peonies. But perhaps the biggest reason is that they flower for twice as long as a normal peony. So they'll flower for four or five weeks generally, which in peony terms is, you know, just amazing. That's so, what people want to hear. <laughs> yeah, so they're a bit more expensive to buy, um, but they are really long lived. They'll live for 50 or 60 years. They do really well in pots and containers. They'll tolerate a balcony, which is a bit windier because they've got this tree peony framework. Um, or they'll be equally as, as happy in the ground. Now, if you're going to put it in a pot, normal health warning about pots, as far as I'm concerned, which is that you've got to water it. People do forget to water things in pots. Mm. Um, you've got to make sure it's got good drainage so that you don't overwater it. And you've got to remember to feed it um, once or twice a year with a peony feed. But if you do that, you can have it um, in a pot. And the intersectionals, as I say, generally do very well because they're nice and compact. Um, but yeah, a, a great a great plant. As I say, it can be a little bit pricier to start with, but in the main, very easy to grow. Hardly down to about minus 20, minus 25 in the UK. So frost isn't an issue. Um, they don't tend to get eaten by slugs or snails or rabbits or deer. Um, they don't really suffer from any pests or disease, so they're just super low maintenance. Once you've bought it, kind of shove it in the ground and leave it. There, I mean, there are some things you've got to do. It sounds like, uh, although it might be a bit pricier, it's value for money in every other way. I think so. I think so. And the thing about peonies is you, you've only really got to know three or four things about them. One is buy a mature plant to start with. As I said earlier, when you've got a young seedling, you don't know when it's going to flower. There's nothing worse than buying a plant and then not knowing whether it's going to flower the following year or not. And then thinking that you've been a rubbish gardener because you haven't got it to flower when it's nothing to do with you. Um, so buy a mature plant. If you buy a mature bit peony, five years old or more, you know it's likely to flower. It's not going to get uh, any trouble with pests or disease or, uh, or rabbits or deer or slugs or snails or any that kind of nonsense. Um, plant it at the right depth major major thing with peonies so intersectional peonies and herbaceous peonies they need to be planted very shallow that means no more than an inch or two below the surface don't be tempted to mulch your borders and, and do the things that 
um, all good gardeners should do. With peonies, just plant them and leave them. If you mulch the border, of course, you'll bury it and it will stop flowering. Um, so plant it at the right depth. With a tree peony, very often you'll find in garden centres they'll be grafted. That graft union wants to be four to six inches below the surface, so you plant them a bit deeper. That will just give you a stronger plant and give the graft a better chance of, of sending out its own roots. And if you get suckers on a tree peony, which can happen, it can be quite detrimental. So plant it a bit deeper and that generally helps with that. Um, plant it in any soil, they're not really that fussy. Um, we grow all of ours on clay and um, they do really, really well. The only thing is it has to be free draining. Peonies don't like having wet feet over the winter. So free draining um, soil, but any soil will do. And generally, I would say in a sheltered position in the garden, in full sun, they like lots of sunshine. Now, there are some varieties that do quite well in the shade, um, the woodland type ones, um, but yeah, mostly full sun. And that's all you've got to know about peonies, really, that's it. Job I think done. it's quite, Easy quite to grow. surprising Easy how to low maintenance they are. I would have thought that they would be much fussier. I think roses are much, much, much fussier. Oh, they are, but don't get me started on roses. Oh. <laughs> I mean, roses go really well with peonies. Of course they do. Mm -hmm. but I mean, they're thorny and prickly. They'll rip your arms to shreds. They, uh, they need pruning at least twice a year, as far as I can make out. They get covered in black fly and aphids and rust, and they need spraying for this, that, and the other. No, no, no. You don't get any of that with peonies. Nice and easy. Stick it in the ground. Plant it at the right depth, in the right place, <clears throat> and then leave it. And it will reward you every year for, I don't know, 60 or 70 years, and it will just flower more every year. Really oh, easy. I'm going to be on a shopping spree after this. Goodbye, roses. <laughs> um, well, they, they go well. I mean, the thing about um, roses, to be fair to them, is they do flower for quite a nice uh, long period in the garden. Mm -hmm. And peonies, each plant probably only flower for two or three weeks. Um, but if you get the right varieties at the right time, you can have peonies flowering in the garden from April through till July. So that's quite a long period, but you do have to have, you know, several types of peony to, to get to that point. And if you go on our website, I've actually listed out whether they're early season flowering or mid season or late. And that can help you plan so you get peonies for as long as possible. I think that's part of the excitement of it, though. Um, this year is the first year, like I said, that I've really got into flowers. And so this autumn, I've been very carefully planning the sort of spring bulbs so that as one dies the next one kind of comes to life and as one stops flowering the next one comes in and like you say you can extend the growing period as long as you kind of know a little bit about each plant so if you could have peonies yeah. that as soon as one sort of magical flower is just coming to the end the next one is coming into bloom it's like a constant excitement for a few months and they are they are the showstoppers that you it's worth the wait I cannot wait <laughs> that first bloom <laughs> Oh, and once you've got a, a mature plant, a five-year-old plant in the garden, it's been in your garden two or three years, you'll get so many stems off it. You'll get 30 or so stems off it. You'll be able to cut the flowers if you want to, uh, or just leave them on the plant. It doesn't really matter. But you'll have a lot of peony flower. You know, they make a good-sized bush. and A mature plant's going to be two or three feet across in diameter. So it'll fill a nice space in the garden. Definitely. Um, I wanted to touch on something you said, which was um, about growing them from seed. Now, I spoke to my mum just before this podcast because I accidentally rung her and she said, oh, I got these um, peony seeds from the flower show. I'm thinking of sowing them, but I know it takes a couple of years for them to flower. And I was like, I think it's more like five years for them to flower. Would you 
at all recommend trying growing them from seed is it worth the long haul for the home gardener or is it one of those things where it's just going to dishearten people well um you phrased your question very carefully <laughs> if you asked me would i do it i wouldn't bother no mm-hmm. um, i have, I have more important things person. in my life and i, and I want to see an instant rush um but what i would say is is if you want to try it do it there's nothing more exciting um than planting a seed and watching it grow so if you're patient and you're prepared for the long haul then i think growing it from seed is a is a fantastically exciting challenge and um but they're not easy to do and if it doesn't work you shouldn't beat yourself up um it, it is quite tricky but um and most of the seed that you'll harvest in the garden will be infertile anyway so you're on a losing battle to start with um but it can be done and um you'll often find lots of seedlings underneath a tree peony you know a species tree peony and it will drop its seed and a year or two later you'll see the seedlings so um it's not impossible i'm not sure that i personally have the patience for it but if my mum does then i would absolutely love to watch watch the journey for her <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, plant it in a free-draining soil, in a in a margarine tub or something like that, um, and keep it outside in a cold frame, and just keep an eye on it. You know, over don't let it dry out, but don't overwater it, of course. And um, yeah, be patient, and a year or two later, you'll see some movement. And could that be sown at this time of year? You said it needs a couple of winters. It's a little bit late, um, but of course the season this year is late. We are about a month behind. So um, I, I think if you're quick and you get it in now, I think you'll probably be okay. Worth we'll a go. We'll give yeah, it a go. So I wouldn't leave it. I wouldn't leave. I wouldn't do it in December. But we, we are three or four weeks behind this year. And, and you know, I was out in the field today um, weeding, and uh, it was lovely and warm. Mm. I had to take off my jumper. <laughs> it's definitely unseasonably warm. Yeah, yeah, it is. So um, I think you'll be okay if you sow them now. I think considering we didn't really have a summer, though, it's kind of nice that it's not dropped to freezing just yet. <laughs> well, um, on that point, of course, peonies do need a cold winter. So if you want them to flower well the following year, they do need a cold winter, which okay. is why you don't really see them in very hot parts of the world. Um, so although they'll grow in New Zealand, there's a large part of Australia where they just won't grow because it's too warm. They don't they don't get cold enough in the winter. Um, yeah. South America is a bit too warm um, too. So, so um, on the cut flowers, now I am absolutely love growing them for cut flowers because they look beautiful in bouquets. Are there any particular varieties that you think are better for cut flowers or are they all generally quite brilliant? Um, you do need to look at the varieties. As I say we've got about 400 uh, cultivars in commercial production, and I would say a good third of them are good for cut flower. In a cut flower, you're looking for a nice strong stem, one that's not too floppy, it's got to hold the weight of the flower, um, and a nice, you know, a nice presentation of the bloom. There are loads. I mean, you know, we're not we're not limited to um, half a dozen. Uh, varieties or cultivars here we uh, I mean yeah have a look on our website we've sorted them out into cut flower ones that we recommend for cut flower there's got to be a good 150 on there um 
depends what you want. This is the great thing about peonies. Do you want double flower, a single flower, semi-double flower, bomb-shaped flower, anemone or Japanese-type flower? What type of flower do you want? And then what kind of colour do you want? Do you want peach? Do you want coral? Do you want pink? Do you want purple or lavender? Do you need red or cerise? You know, there's all these different colours that you can choose from, different flower shapes. They're fragrant too. So if you're having them for cut flower, do you want a fragrance? Five different fragrances with peonies. So some of them will smell um, of citrus. Some of them will have a more uh, sweet or, or rose type scent. They might be um, spicy or musky. Um, so there's all different scents. And you'll find the scent is stronger in the morning. Um, it will kind of evaporate throughout the day. But if you pick uh, peonies for cut flower when they're in bud, soft bud, so when you squeeze it with your finger, forefinger and thumb, it wants to feel a bit like a marshmallow. You'll know then if you pick it, stick it straight in a bucket of water because they can be really thirsty and take it into the house. You've probably got 24 hours, 48 hours before it opens fully. And then you should have a good week or more in the vase. So don't pick them when they're fully open. Um, but if you do pick them at that stage, when they do open, of course, you will get the fragrance and it will fill the house with wonderful fragrance. Um, a word of caution, though, of course, uh, the coral peonies are very popular. You may have heard of Coral Charm or Coral Sunset, Coral Supreme. Um, and they are amazing. They make great cut flowers, nice strong stems. They open up bright pink and they fade to sort of salmon, coral, then a lemon, then a cream over about seven days. So they do go through this wonderful color transformation. Um, but it's worth noting that although they are fragrant, those coral ones, I find them a little bit fishy which is not necessarily as pleasant as some of the peonies. Oh, that is a surprise from a flower. Yeah, so, um, but nice flowered peonies, you know, something like Caterina Fontaine, which is a big double, beautiful blush pink, very, very delicate and beautifully scented. Uh, Boule de Neige, which is a medium-sized snowball type flower that's creamy white with a red flash, very highly scented. Um, there are lots of beautifully scented peonies and um, again on our website we've listed them fragrance on there um, so yeah you've got lots of options for cut flower and fragrance color flower shape um, some peonies are a bit shorter some of them don't make good cut flowers because they are so much shorter and compact but um, no there are lots and lots of, of great cut flowers and if you had to pick a favorite do you think you could pick a specific variety that is your favourite or maybe a top five? Does it change regularly? Very difficult. It's very difficult. It's very difficult to do. Uh, it's very difficult to do. I mean, it's, I mean, it's almost impossible to choose. <laughs> it depends. It depends. Um, you've got me stumped. Um, <laughs> I do like Castorina Fontaine. It is nice. It's a big, it is a beautiful double and it's very delicately blushed. It's always very, very reliable. I love Sarah Bernhardt. I know it's super, super common. It's the it's most, a classic. It's the one we sell five times more of that than anything else. But it is so reliable. It's so good. Um, that's a really lovely one. Um, I really like Love Affair, which is an intersectional peony. It's a nice, compact habit. It's got a, a reasonably broad um, leaf. It's an intersectional, as I say, big white flowers. They're kind of tulip-shaped, bowl-shaped before they open which I think is absolutely gorgeous. And then as they open, they're kind of rosette, fully open, flat, um, beautifully scented, really gorgeous plant. Um, they're a bit pricier. 
Um, but that's, yeah, I love that one too. There's so many. You, I mean, when they're, in flower, when they're in flower, it's hard to choose between them, you know, because there's just so many out there. I think as well, Pete, um, I always go back to since sort of started, starting to grow flowers in the supermarket, you're so limited and you just don't know that there's so many other beautiful varieties out there. Like I've only ever seen one type of peony. I couldn't even tell you what the variety is. It's that classic sort of pinky coloured. Um, it must be, yeah. I mean, the Dutch the Dutch produce about, I don't know, 60 million stems of Sarah Bernhardt a year and ship it over to the UK. Um, it's really, really popular. The other one that's really popular for weddings is, is a big double white one. And that's usually Festiva Maxima, um, which, again, is a fantastic peony. So reliable, beautifully scented. Um, but again, bred back in the 1850s, I think. So it's been around a long time. But things come in cycles that's why it's all coming back into fashion now and I am loving it I, I'm super excited to see everyone on Instagram next year with the peonies because over the last couple of years you've definitely seen a lot more people sort of introducing them into their gardens yeah. and into displays and things like that um but for those people who are looking to add more peonies to their growing space whether it's containers allotments gardens when is the best time to sort of buy your plants plant them is like I don't know if it's better to sort of have them in autumn or I think I got mine in July but it wasn't very well planned <clears throat> well it all does depend as well whether you buy them for me or not <laughs> Perfectly fair. um you've got a choice uh, as a as a consumer when you're buying peonies you can buy bare roots and you may have come across bare roots lots of people selling bare roots online um Definitely a cheaper, more cost-effective way to buy peonies with, with bare roots. But what I would say is make sure you buy from a reputable supplier because there are lots of wholesalers out there, people just selling bare roots. All peony bare roots are lifted in September, October time. They need to be planted in October, November time. Uh, if you buy a bare root in the spring or in the summer, it's been kept in a cold storage over the winter and spring, and it does deteriorate. So... If you want really good results with bare roots, plant them straight away. And you need to make sure you're getting a bare root that's got at least three to five buds on. These are the little eyes. Otherwise, again, it's just too immature. If you're not sure about bare roots, my advice is to buy a containerized peony. We only sell containerized, and ours are all at five years uh, maturity. That means they, they should flower for you straight away. Um, you can buy more juvenile plants. They'll be a little bit cheaper, perhaps. But you may have to wait uh, one, two, three years until they flower. But if you buy a well-established mature plant in a container, you can buy it at any time of the year and you can plant it at any time of the year. It makes no difference. Um, so containerized, really, as far as I'm concerned, is the safest bet for reliable results. And for quicker results, because I think we covered this earlier, but... I think one of the most disheartening things is when it dies and it's not bloomed and like it will be at the end of the season or you're still waiting for it to get to the point where it is flowering. A lot of people, especially beginner garden, gardeners, people who are new to growing peonies, you want that kind of instant result of I bought it this year and I want to see it flower this year. So I think oh, plants are definitely the way to go to get that. Your first kind of like, I've grown a peony. Well, and also you don't know, you don't know if you've, planted it at the correct depth you don't know 
if you've got a viable plant. And if you're sitting in the garden waiting for two or three years, you've then got to start thinking, well, is it too deep? Is it too young? Is it in the wrong place? What have I done wrong? If you get a plant that's mature and you plant it in the garden, you get a flower the first season. At least you know that the plant is viable and you planted it correctly in the right place. You can kind of relax and just look forward to the, the flowering in, in the future years. But you, you raised a good point about plants dying off, and I just want to flag that now just for the sake of uh, clearing things up. All of the herbaceous peonies right now are dying down. So if your peonies in the garden and the foliage is all brown and dead, don't panic. That's exactly what they're supposed to be doing right now. And in fact, you can go out in the garden now and you can take a secateurs and cut them back to the ground. It's about an inch above the ground. Um, they'll come back next year. That's not a problem. They will definitely come back next year. Um, and it is worth taking off that dead foliage on the top there because that will help um, in terms of hygiene in the garden and it will help prevent any kind of peony wilt or something that you might get next year if you have lots of dead foliage lying around. So it's worth cutting it away. If you've got a tree peony, um, you don't have to cut them down. Tree peonies or woody peonies um, can be left, but if you want to prune them, now is a good time to do it. And uh, you, can, you can prune them back. So don't be afraid if they're looking a bit naff in the garden in the autumn. As I said earlier, they're really low maintenance. So for the rest of the year, there's not very much you have to do um, beyond you know, a little bit of water in the spring when the buds are forming. But in the summer, they're quite drought tolerant. So they don't need so much water then. Give them a feed in the spring or in the autumn with a peony feed. There's some on our website, of course. And put a plant support on if you've got um, a herbaceous peony. That's really the only care. Pests and diseases say not a problem. Um, but in the autumn, you do need to cut back all the old foliage. And the plant tells you when to do it because it goes completely brown and dies back. It's obvious. I um, have definitely sent pictures of my two peonies that I got this year being like, what have I done? Why Why is this plant dying? I only planted it a couple of months ago. But um, everyone who I know who has a little bit of peony knowledge has reassured me that it, it absolutely is the natural natural way. Yeah. And don't be tempted, but you know, don't be tempted to feed with a liquid feed, really. It's a slow release, um, well-balanced feed for peonies. They, although they look like they're dead now, they're actually alive. They've got big, fat, tuberous roots. I don't know if you've ever seen them, but they're like a potato. They hold lots of food and energy. And that's really where the plant gets its energy from to create the buds for next year. And the buds for next year's growth are on your plant now. They're developing now, they're growing now. So although it looks like nothing's going on above ground, below ground, all that action is happening. And so the older, more mature your plant is, the bigger the roots are, the more food it's got, the stronger it's going to grow. So we don't feed with liquid feed in the summer. It's a slow release, um, well-balanced feed so that the roots grow and that will give you better flowers for the following year. It's all about patience for peonies. You can't force it to flower more in the growing season. It just won't do it. All that work was done the previous year. So if you do have problems with peonies and you end up cutting it back early or what have you, it's not the end of the world. Just be patient and let it come back the following year and um, it'll, it'll pick up the pace again. It just has to find its, its rhythm and its cycle. And you mentioned splitting peonies earlier as well. Is there sort of a like would you recommend splitting peonies is there a point that you get to where you think that that's probably the right time definitely um peonies uh don't mind being split uh, it's an old wives tale that you can't move or, or divide a peony so you can uh, i would do it mid to late october when the plant has kind of 
died off and it's in its dormant phase. Plant it straight away. And lots of people tell me they've dug up the plant and then they've left it for three weeks before they've replanted it. And then they wonder why it's died or, or not performed. So dig a nice big hole, stick some organic matter in the bottom, some mulch or what have you. Put as much of the peony plant that you've divided into the hole, backfill it, water it, job done. When you're dividing, I would make sure that each part of the plant that you've got, if you're dividing into each half, has got at least three or four little eyes on it. Otherwise, it won't grow. And I wouldn't divide a plant until it's 18 inches in diameter. Um, it needs to be of a sufficient size that you know you're going to have enough buds so that when you split it in half, you're going to have at least eight buds. So you've got four on each side, as it were. Um, so you might have to wait a little while, but you'll know when it's big enough to split because it will be yeah, a big plant and, and you'll want to just chop a bit off and sharp spade straight through the middle or what have you. That's what I like to hear. Don't be, be brave. Um, and then the other question I had was about um, companion planting. So is there anything that you would particularly recommend planting with it or things to maybe avoid planting? I know you said that they grow well with roses. My border has got roses and peonies sort of nearish each other. It's a classic combination, isn't it? Um, mm. uh, I, I, I'm not that imaginative, uh, if I'm honest. I've got 400 cultivars of peony on the nursery, and <laughs> I think they look great on their own. They do. Um, I think any kind of perennial that's relatively low-growing works well with peonies. They don't want to be crowded too much at, at bloom height. Mm -hmm. They do get quite big, and they do need a bit of space around them, which means in the winter, when they've died down, it looks like you've got a big empty patch in the garden. Um, so you might want to put some ground cover or low growing perennials around. Um, but generally, you need to keep them away from the peonies. It's got enough space to do its thing. Um, I quite like lavenders at the front of the border and, and around some of the peonies. I think that works very well. I'm glad um, to hear it because that's exactly what I've got at the front of my border. Really? lavender. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and I think bulbs work really well with peonies as well, because the bulbs are flowering, looking absolutely fantastic when the peonies are only just shooting through and they don't need the space. And by the time the peonies come up, the bulbs have kind of finished and, and given, given way. So there's plenty of space. Um, but uh, I think you can do a lot worse than just having peonies on their own. Definitely. Peonies and roses. I think that it, actually, kind of, it does the season for you. Peony. It kind of does. I've got some nice um, geraniums in the garden as well. Um, some of the herbaceous geraniums, they do quite well because you can just hack them back and they'll just give you a bit more space, but they will fill up all the little gaps in between. And they tend to flower for quite a long time. And the contrast there is quite nice because the colour is quite low down. Mm -hmm. Was that in your own garden? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have a very big garden. Um, I've got a number of peonies in the garden. I've got three roses. I've got a geranium. I've got an echinox. Oh, I love an echinox. Um, yeah, and that's it. It's all peonies, <laughs> and, peonies and roses. When you've got a whole nursery full of peonies, you probably don't need quite such a big garden. <laughs> no, I don't have time to don't have time to tend it. That's the problem. Yeah, fair um, enough. I was weeding. I was weeding an acre and a half today by hand. Suffice to say, I didn't get very far, um, <laughs> but uh, it, yeah. But it, I don't want to do it when I go home. It must be the best job in the world still, even if you do have to hand weed for hours at a time. It it definitely has its um 
it definitely has its upside and I definitely encourage anyone if you're interested in in being outside and horticulture and the only real skill you need is observation if you're willing just to look around you and see what the plants are doing you can generally work out you know why something's not growing it's either in too much shade because the tree's overgrowing or it's too wet because the ground's too wet you, know, you can tell um i would encourage anyone to pursue their passion and interest um because there's you know nothing better than doing something you love and um if you can be outside at the same time it's, it's pretty spectacular I mean, as i say weeding in the field today i had rabbits partridges pheasants and two deer wow. i won't swear but two deer as well mm. <laughs> No, it sounds amazing. Um, I absolutely hope that one day I can sort of make my passion for growing things into a career. But um, I think it's one of those things we talked about on a previous podcast. You never hear of a gardener that's had a midlife crisis and changed their career path. It's always someone's been working in something else and then gone, mm. do you know what? I just don't want to, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm going to go and do something a bit more wholesome and be a gardener or start a landscaping business. There's so many I think people always go into that career later in life, but no one ever changes their mind and goes, oh, I want to go and work in something corporate. Well, I think I think there's a uh, without getting too political, there's a bit of a failure, really, in the in the education system and people don't value horticulture for what it is. Um, I'd like to think that that's changing. It's probably not. But it is so important for um, health and well-being. Um, and we do undervalue it. But public spaces you know, it used to be planted beautifully. The council parks department used to have a big budget. And, um, and I think we forget how important it is to beautify the environment and, and how much that really does wonders for everybody um, as a whole. And we don't encourage enough younger people to go into horticulture. And we don't talk about it as a viable career. So it tends to be a career that people go into because they can't think of anything else. Um, and then you get people that have gone into something else because they were told, don't go into horticulture because you won't earn any money. Um, and then have to do a career change to say, actually, no, this is this is what I want to do. And it is a passion. You've got to want to do it. It's, it's very cold and wet in the winter. It's very hot uh, and the hours are terribly long in the summer. Um, but yeah, I love it. You know what, it's just so, it's so always so lovely to hear people who work in the industry who still have that real passion for it. And um, I hope over the last couple of years, especially with so many more sort of younger people actually getting into gardening and allotments, balcony gardening, houseplants, it really feels like there's been a bit of a shift for the younger generation where it's been so, everyone thinks of gardening as quite old fashioned, what retired people do, whereas it's finally becoming, I guess, cool to sort of be into gardening I think it's on that, things i think it's on that it's on that pathway isn't it and um uh, for me it's not about whether it's it's cool or not it's just it's just a good thing to do for your soul if you're if you're having a rough day there's nothing you know get down uh, get down on your knees and do an hour of weeding that will sort out nearly every problem in life i think um of course it'll give you another problem which is backache but that's something else to worry about on another day um but yeah it's great. It is very rewarding. I don't know where I'd be without my allotment. 
So yeah, I think that that probably brings us to the end of our chat, but it's been an absolute pleasure and I can't wait to listen back and write down all of the names of all of the lovely peonies that you've recommended and go on a massive shopping spree. <laughs> That's no problem at all. And we've got some open days next year where so you can actually come up to the nursery and uh, have a tour around the nursery, have a look, walk through the peony field and um, yeah, yeah, maybe have a glass of pims and a picnic and whatnot and we're Tell you all about peonies, lots to do. That so sounds good. They, they'll be publicised, I think, after Christmas, but there's four or five weekends that we've got in mind. Amazing. Well, we'll definitely be keeping watch for that. And me and my mum will 100% be there for one of them. <laughs> we look forward to seeing. Um, but yeah, so people can find you on Instagram, on your website, on Facebook. Um, and if they have any questions at all, they're welcome to get in touch. Yes, absolutely. Don't ask me what the Instagram, Facebook or Twitter things are. I don't know how that works. But the website, <laughs> yes, you can contact us via the website. And there's lots of information and blogs and videos and how to and whatnot on, on the website. So, yeah, primrosehallpeonies.co.uk. You can find out lots there. Brilliant. Well, I'll, I'll plug the Facebook and Instagram in the outro that I'll record in a second. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is, so I couldn't tell you. Um, <laughs> no, that's brilliant. Thank you so much. My Okay, so if I wasn't obsessed with growing peonies before, then I definitely am now. Who knew they were so easy to grow? A trip to visit the nursery for a picnic in the peonies has definitely made it onto my 2022 bucket list. And it's highly likely that my mum and I will be driving home with a whole car full of new blooms. I can't wait. As promised, if you want to see more from Primrose Hall, you can find them on Instagram or Facebook at Primrose Hall Peonies UK. Happy peony shopping, plant friends! If you've enjoyed listening today, please do subscribe to keep up to date with upcoming episodes and leave a review. In the meantime, I'd love to hear any of your questions and stories on Instagram at Diary of a Lady Gardener or via email diaryofaladygardener at gmail.com. That's all from me this week. Happy growing! Happy growing!